Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast, the show where we connect you with VPs of marketing, CMOs, and entrepreneurs around the world to talk about what it's really like to sit in those positions, how they grow their companies, and how they manage other aspects of their life. Today on the show, we are sitting with Panara Eng. He is the VP of marketing at Realty Group. They are a company based out of Minnesota that is expanding. This is a good conversation. We talk a lot about how to really scale word of mouth and word of mouth marketing. And this is something that they've done a really good job of as they go to recruit new people into their business and start to grow their team. But before we get into that, we put on the show here at Cave. My name is Jordan Shelton. I'm the host. I love producing this show for y'all. And one of the things that we are now giving away is our content system, exactly how we make content, how we think about it. And you can get that system by going to cavesocial.com slash system. And you'll be sent to a landing page where you can go and grab the video and grab all the documents. So go and check that out. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, joining me is Panara Eng. He is the VP of Marketing at Realty Group. Panara, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Likewise. I'm excited to have you on. And, you know, we talked a little bit off air about team building, how important that is, and also storytelling at scale and how that can really add in and help with recruiting, getting the right people in. I want to get in all that. But before we do, I want to pass the mic to you, let you kind of set the foundation here. Tell us about your experiences, what led you into this world of marketing and ultimately to Realty Group. Was it always the plan? Were you like a, an accidental marketer or was this on purpose? But yeah, lay the foundation for us. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to try to go full circle here because I think my first passion in life was to be a filmmaker and a photographer. I remember stepping into a Kmart as a kid with my mom and my last or my only 300 bucks. And I bought a pretty fancy DSLR camera. Actually, it was a film camera. And I just love photography. And then later on, I, I wanted to be a filmmaker. And in fact, one of my first big jobs was at a film studio called Miramax, uh, the Pulp Fiction studio. But then 9 uh, 11 hit, that didn't work out. And I pivoted towards a startup. It was a performance digital marketing ad agency startup. Really got paid on affiliate commissions, really. And really kind of the private label agency, if the big agencies actually needed to get seats on a plane or tickets bought and things like that. So I cut my teeth in that place and I learned performance digital marketing. But, you know, fast forward to today at the brokerage, and I've really put a lot of the things that I've learned in the past decade away to really go back to storytelling. And in the past year and a half, I was telling you that I've uh, shot 60 different videos. And so just shooting a ton and using that and bringing back that to the ad world and using custom audiences and connected TV and social video to get after agents, which is kind of our KPI at the brokerage. So I am a performance digital marketer that wanted to be a filmmaker. And now I'm lucky enough to kind of combine both of those areas together. I love it. Now, I love brand storytelling and it is, you know, a term that I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners are like, okay, what does that mean? Right? Like, where do I start? So walk me through, like out of those videos, what types of content are you filming to recruit, you know, realtors to the brokerage? I guess, yeah, walk me through some example sets or what you're doing in that regard. Yeah. I think the first premise is that word of mouth is the biggest influential way to get somebody to do something. That Nielsen report that you know, 92% of people are influenced by word of mouth, but, you know, like 36% are influenced by brand ads and things like that. So even at a startup that I've been at, it, we called it social media 
word of mouth at scale and all this stuff. So word of mouth is really the biggest lever that I've found over the years. And so, as you know, it's really talking to agents that are psyched to be with our brokerage and telling their story. And then I guess the other premise is maybe the Gary V premise that, you know, all content is worth shooting, right? So it's not just the big event with the professional setup and the audio visual and the pro camera team, like everything behind the scenes. I was just in Florida helping my boss open up the new office there. A lot of behind the scenes, a little tour, just us hanging out in Florida. Also made time to shoot a recruiting video, but just almost shooting all the time because there's so many accepted new formats of video these days, all kinds of TV shows out there to reference. So I shoot a ton. And as I said, I do have a full ad tech, martech background. Uh, so I can kind of bring that to bear, custom audiences, things like that. But at the forefront is storytelling. I love it. Yeah. Showing those past stories of, you know, people already in the brokerage. And then you hit the nail on the head there with, you know, behind the scenes content and also that it doesn't have to be overly produced, which this is something that is tough for admittedly for myself too, when you're used to being like, Hey, we produce this great commercial and there's so much editing time and animation and whatever. And then you get to a point where it's like, well, that doesn't perform anymore relative to getting a, you know, a lavalier mic and a telephone and just saying, Hey, what do you tell us what you're doing and why you're doing it? And that video can wildly outperform, you know, a commercial that's put together. And you're like, okay, this is actually how people are connecting and seeing, like, I would be working with this person. Oh, this would be the person who would be helped lead me. And you start to see that halo effect, too, when you put that content out there. So I love that. And it kind of taps back into, you know, your early days of wanting to be a filmmaker. It's like, you're now able to do that and apply it to help a brand grow. And And then on the back end of that, like you said, Understanding the data and how this is actually driving results. Right. That is something that I, I preach all marketers to do. For you all, what is the big KPI? Is it more realtors into the, the company? Yeah, walk me through. Is that kind of the gold star? Is there a target number? Is it more locations open? What's the mission? I appreciate that. Uh, definitely new agents, top producing agents and agents that have the potential to be top producing, as you were talking about. Absolutely right. And really, it's uh, you know it's the technical uh, cost per lead, cost per appointment, cost per actual signed up agent. So it's all those things that we're all familiar with. And it's also uh, you know the, the discipline of split testing and A-B testing and uh, watching the KPIs in every particular ad unit, scaling it out if it's doing well to other platforms, calling it and, and pulling it and replacing it really often. I mean, that's really just the hard work of of advertising is, you know, things get stale, ads get stale. So always rotating in new stuff. I would say the other kind of big goal that I have is to up the ante on the perceived value of our brokerage because we are a commission-free model. And then there are kind of the, we call it the dinosaurs, but, you know, the classic big brokerages, the commission splits and things like that. And they seem to have a perceived value in the marketplace, uh, Berkshire and KW and they're great brokerages and they have great stories and they have perceived values that they've earned. Um, But as upstarts and as commission free, we want to make sure that we, you know, earn over time the same perception of high quality customer service, high end homes, the execution on buying and selling complex deals and transactions. And so really that's elevating the brand and that's more of a long-term goal. And how does that work? I guess walk me through the model, commission-free, that's very interesting. How does that all break down in an industry that is so married to splits? Like, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, our our bosses are visionaries in the sense that they think that that's not 
super sustainable in the future. And we like to say it's not our official tagline, but one of the value props is, you know, make more, keep more. And how do you beat make more, keep more, especially as the value of the home increases and, you know, the pain of the commission split goes up. Right. So I think that it's tough to imagine a world where at least the same percentage of splits are going to hold. Right. I think the commission-free or close to commission-free or just biased towards giving agents more of the power and more of the income is just, you know, that's where things are going. Well, however, the, the margins are not as good from a business owner side. <laughs> so it's more of a volume game and a lifetime value game and keeping them for a long time so that they can do well. And we take a, a small fee on the transaction. And so it's really the amount of transactions they do. So the transaction fee is flat. So they could sell a $2 million house or a $500,000 house and the fee is the same. So then really it's helping them to be top producers because that's where the volume comes in for us and helping them be successful in general so that we have that lifetime value. Right. You position yourself as the Robin to the real estate agents, Batman, and just yep. come in and help wherever is needed. That's amazing. Now, when you came in to Realty Group and you know, you're know you sitting with the executives, was this your vision to create a lot of videos? Did you have to pitch them on that? And I ask because there are a lot of people listening who are like, well, I'd love to shoot 50, 60 videos, but I can't get executive buy-in on anything, right? Yeah. Was, it, was the leadership team always like gung-ho about it, seeing that as the future? Or did you have to do some convincing? They were way into it, but I think I'll take a step back at my last role, uh, which I love the company, and I, I guess I won't name them, a leading stone manufacturer, more classic, the approval chains, you know, the planning, the big meetings you know, the budget requests, more classic in that sense. And I grew a little bit frustrated about that. In particular, I was really bullish on connected TV, uh, custom audiences, you know, kind of at a high level, NBC, Peacock, connected TV kind of thing, Hulu. But working through the production of that, the production planning of that, the budget requests on that, it, it took a while. And so that's where I really, from an ad tech standpoint, I was really excited about it. And then it combined, of course, my love of storytelling. And to see kind of it in slow motion is why I left for this opportunity. So them being gung-ho was a requirement for me to be here, but they were gung-ho. But here's the trade-off, production value, <laughs> I'll be honest, right? Because, you know, as you know, classic clients, classic brands have a certain standard. And that's great. That's why things look great at, you know, on TV, on the Super Bowl. But I think that the Gary V model, and I think he's an innovator or has been an innovator in showcasing that that's not as important. I'll tell you what's important is good audio, right? And a steady camera. So basically a gimbal and a lavalier. But by not thinking so much about the production and thinking more about the content, I think that's where you get to a really good space. Because, you know, if you're dealing with high level people, smart people like my bosses, you could be in a taxi with them and have a really interesting conversation about real estate, right? Well, why the hell can't you film that? You know, why is it a scripted thing? They're having a real talk about interest rates and where things are going and where the industry is going. The audience wants to see you in a taxi cab talking about that. I think the audio has to be good and you have to know what you're doing a little bit. But I think that it's more about the content and the behind the scenes is a very popular category anyways. The reality TV uh, kind of industry has shown us what you can do with that. You know, there's a lot of innovation in editing that has nothing to do with, you know, how much money you have. I love people that stitch stories together. So it'll be like a script, but, you know, the first scene will be in one location and the second scene will be in another and the third will be in another. And it's like all over the country and they're saying like a 30 second thing. And so it's, you do have to be organized about kind of what you're shooting, but it doesn't necessarily take a lot of money. It does take good editor and good foresight or, or pre-planning. Yeah, with you there, I think what's interesting and to your point is the production value might not be as high 
And that's okay because a lot of mid-market you know, companies and small businesses have mark, small marketing departments and people listening to the show where you know they have one or two or three people in their marketing department. And this gives them an avenue to compete, right? Okay, we can go and jot down an idea for a TikTok, film it, send it to editing and post it the next day, yep. right? And it's like, you can start to do that and start to get content out and see what works much faster. Where the classic model, here's our quarterly campaign. And we don't know if that ad resonated until 90, 180, depending on sales cycle days after. Now with TikTok Reels, I'm getting immediate feedback. I released 14 videos last week. This is real. I actually did this. I put 14 videos out last week. Amazing. One got 100 views, one got 10,000, one got 200, one got 8,000. Okay. Why was each video getting that certain different view count. And I can learn yeah. very, very quickly what's resonating with the audience. Where if I had to create a classical piece of media, it's just, you know, a classic piece of media, not a classical. I love classical yeah. music. Uh, yeah. But uh, it would be just that learning would be so much slower, right? Yeah. So has that been something? Have y'all found like you're getting that data and information quickly and able to iterate on what people want to see? Totally, man. We did a recruiting video that worked in Minnesota here, especially on TikTok. And so when we went to Florida to tour the office, I basically had uh, my boss say some lines to make another version of that video, but really introducing the Florida office, because I know that video is going to crush it. And that was yesterday. And by Monday, it's going to be up on TikTok with, you know, paid spend there. And we, we're already figuring out like a, we call it a call action, a burner phone number, basically. So it, go, it routes right to him. And we're not going to go through, you know, I spent a lot of time doing like, inside sales development and minimum qualified leads. And, and it's like, you don't want to overthink that stuff because that's a scaled out problem. You know, the recruits that are coming from Florida are going to go directly to my bosses. We're going to see if they're it. human. We're going to see if they want to start, you know, a real estate career or want to switch. And once we get the sense of who they are, then we'll figure out the proper flow so we don't waste people's time. But, you know, you got to test out the market. I love it. Yeah. And there's been a couple studies on that. I believe Redfin actually. Redfin used to have CAPTCHA on their form. I could be misspeaking, but then they took it off. And yes, they got way more leads and way more junk leads and all that stuff. But their overall sales volume and quality leads also went up. So yeah. I'm with you on moments to remove friction, especially yeah. if you're working for a company that's in a growth, like right. in this growth phase and where those relationships matter, we can sometimes outsize ourselves. And I mean mm -hmm. that with like, let's take a system that works for Oracle and implement right. it into this 25 person agency, right? And it's like, yeah. you know, 25, like management, everything or hundred people or 200 people. And it's like, yeah. we can't take the 5,000 person system or the 50,000 person system and try to apply it to 200 people. We can, but it's like, we're just causing unnecessary friction. I've spent three to six months with the Salesforce team <laughs> and <laughs> Salesforce admins and IT ticket numbers to try to improve a couple of things related to the process. And it's like, wait a minute, we're not even, you know, making money here. There's a story I, I like to tell, you know, I've, I literally walked into a diner once uh, with a $20 bill and there was nobody there. It was empty. And the lady goes, she's cleaning the griddle. And she's like, looks at me and she says, wait a second, sweetie. And then she keeps cleaning the griddle. And it's been like seven, 10 minutes, you know, and I'm standing there and I'm trying to give her some money. And she's like, all right, what can I do for you? And I feel like a lot of times that's what we do. <laughs> you know, we, we are always kind of navel gazing at our process and all that stuff. And it's like, there's money to be made. There's customers to be had. They're trying to give you money. They're trying to give you business. So, you know, with Florida here, we want to have zero friction. We want to know who these people are. You can talk right away to the people that you'll be deeply involved with. And we don't want to over process the thing until we know what we're dealing with. I love it.
That's awesome. That's a great takeaway. Before I let you go, let people know where can they find out more about the brand and where can they connect with you online? Well, if you are an agent and you want to join us, joinrg.com. If you just want to check out the business, it's realtygroupmn.com. I'm panar.com. That just takes you to my link tree where you can see my info. I'm also starting my own podcast called uh, Take the Money, which is really a chance to interview entrepreneurs around the world doing crazy stuff. And I'm kind of fascinated by kind of new opportunities social media has brought on, just new moving spaces like, like cannabis and the crypto space, the retail investors out there, the people starting beauty brands really quick and blowing up on TikTok. So just interviewing those folks, that's Take the Money. Love it. I love it. And I will definitely be checking that out when it launches. I'll also put links both to the company website and to uh, Panera's LinkedIn so you can check those out in the show notes. Thank you again for taking the time today. I super appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Nice to meet you. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.